When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ask Women podcast where you get real advice straight from the source. I'm Kristen Carney, a comedian and your host here with Marnie Kinneris, best-selling author, relationship expert, et cetera, et cetera. And we have back with us again today from the Art of Charm podcast, Jordan Harbinger. Hey, thanks. Hey. We're but we're do- here. We're doing right, it. We're here. We're, we we're sorry. The music mm-hmm. is over now. It could be worse. At the top, there could be ads. and Or maybe, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know. think they put any ads in. You oh, perfect. So right now you're getting a treat. Yeah. Unless there's an ad in front of it, in which case <laughs> which it just there looks will like be this time. clearly well, doesn't look case and buy whatever they told you about so that we can stay at this network. Yeah. (laughs) That's how it works. Yeah. Well, we have the awesome Jordan Harbinger back on the show with us. And who do we have for the second half of the show? We have Liz Rabe from The Art of Flirting. Not to be confused with The Art of Charm. The Fart of Flirting. The Fart of Charm and The Fart of Flirting. Perfect. This is interesting. The joke never gets old. All right. You might have a copyright issue on your hands with that, Mr. Lawyer. Okay. But yeah, we have Liz Liz Rabe on the show and she's coming on the second Mm. half of the show and I actually Actually, I know Liz and Jordan from a very long, right. long, long Super time ago. Long time. We all met through our close friend, Sean Stevenson, who I don't know if I've That's ever right. talked about on the show before. I've never heard of him. Now, okay, Sean Stevenson is <laughs> one of my best friends. He is three feet tall. I think it, he has brittle bone disease. Yes. He is uh, osteogenesis imperfecta. See, I, I like how I say Oh, that I think you have talked yeah. about him before. Yeah, and he's a motivational speaker. Yeah, he you have is, talked about him. Yeah, I think I've talked about it when I brought up the long, egg long timer. Long, ago. Right? I like, so. okay, so th- this is something. He invented the egg timer. He invented the egg timer. He does not go- want cookies to get burnt. Right, exactly. No, but this is something amazing that has stuck with me since I've met Sean. First of all, he's amazing and confident. Mm-hmm. Like, you would never know that he's in a wheelchair. He's recently married. He Like, he's the most amazing person in the entire world. Um, but he had told me that when he was younger and he would get really down on his position in life and, like, his body, his mom would come into the room and say, you have 15 minutes. I'm turning this egg timer to 15 minutes mm-hmm. to moan and grown and be really upset about where you are in life as soon as that dings it's over and it's positivity after that and he would say the more he would do that I would need like the longest egg timer like do you guys have something that stretches about 23 hours <laughs> resetting like I'll set it for the 23 hours <laughs> yeah but then after the 23 hours you'd pop out of it that one, but then I go back in after the hour that I'm out of it no oh, maybe that's true that's but the whole the whole point of that egg timer exercise is because he would say you know by the time it got to 15 minutes he wouldn't need those 15 minutes right. and it al- allowed you to feel okay about being mopey where you're like okay this is the allotted time for me to get this shit out of me and then after that I'm moving on I'm moving past it I thought it was a great little because if you suppress it then it just sort of creeps out at random times during the day right exactly and slow boils as someone who suffered with very bad depression how do you I'm not actually even asking this because I feel like from my point of view, it's not even possible because when you're in – maybe he didn't have severe depression and was able to pop out of it. But I know that people who are feeling down, 
they can't tell their brain to pop out of it. I'm not equipped to answer that that's question, Chris. That's a good point. <laughs> but it, it is because I've tried. It's like I've tried, but until my brain decides to pop out of it, it's not going to pop out of it. Right. Depression is very different. And actually, I, we we have a show that we're trying to put together right now with Dr. Drew, where we're going to have him come on and talk about depression completely in depth. People who listen to our show do suffer from depression, and it's something that I'm as a not result of listening, listening to the, the podcast. Right. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> that's what Kristen's hoping for. <laughs> but so I don't know how to answer that because I the advice that I'm giving, if mm. you're saying that would never work for me, and you've actually tried it, then I, I don't actually know yeah. how to answer. Well, but hopefully, he can. That's one of those super unhelpful things. Things right that not not your comment, but like that people do with depressed people. Yeah. Since it's a disease, they're like snap out of it, you ungrateful little yeah. jerk. There's people with many things worse in their lives, and you're sitting here whining about this and this and this. And it's like it doesn't matter. There's it doesn't people work that, that have way. ten. There's people that have a million dollars in their checking account, a hundred million dollars net worth, and they're super depressed. It's not because they have anything to be sad about. It's just like. That's what the brain is doing. Right. Well, it's there was chemicals. Um, oh, I was listening to Howard Stern yesterday, and on the wrap-up show, Doctor Drew was actually on the show, and he labeled Howard as some. He has some disorder where basically it like puts a cloud over everything in your life. I forget there's actually like a term mm-hmm. for it where no matter what you achieve, you sort of always have like that negative anxious spin to whatever yeah. is going on it's called in your being life. Jewish. Jewish. Yeah, right. I was going to say that. Well, he downgraded like Howard from from narcissistic cuz he had worked on himself and now he okay. had whatever it was called. I should have remembered the term. The Jew cloud. The Jew cloud. Oh, right, that it was called the fro. That's what the, that's what it was. Called. Oh, actually that makes sense. It's yeah. funny, you know, Howard Stern said something somebody told me this on my own show. That Howard Stern said podcasters are losers and don't yes. do anything useful or something like that. Well, he was saying – so I met this homeless person the other day who didn't have a podcast and I was like, what? You don't have a podcast? Because <laughs> he, was, he was interviewing uh, Adam Carolla about right. podcasting because saying that he was like the first person to do it. And he's like, everybody has a podcast now. They're both putting us podcasters right. down. Yeah, they are. That's fine because if Adam Carolla, first of all, is no Howard Stern – Right. And not that there's anything wrong with that. But if you're going to be like, podcasters are losers that don't make any money, and Adam Carolla is sitting right next to you, you're just screwing with Adam Carolla at right, that point. Exactly. Right, like, but that's no, the but whole he was rewarding Adam Carolla for being awesome. He's saying everybody's copying you. Oh, okay. Well, which, which we are, and it's fine. That's fine. And if we get to the level of Adam Carolla, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'll be super upset when I'm super rich and have millions of dollars like Adam Carolla, mm-hmm. and I've copied him, and that's how I got Right, exactly. Boo-hoo for you. Boo, yeah. So, so this week, because we have Jordan on the show, I wanted to talk about overall lifestyle and how it plays an important role in attracting women. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I, like, go ahead, Jordan. Go <laughs> yeah, I knew that, that was coming. Yeah. No, but that's that's yeah. what you talk about a lot on the Art of Charm yes. podcast and at the Art of Charm boot camp. So right. That's like a huge thing for you guys. It is. Yeah. The lifestyle has to be there first. And the the reason is because again, when you look at the way that guys are thinking, they're like, all right. And I'm sure you get this a lot in your your inbox and whatnot. Guys do things like this. Like, I really just, you know, I need a girl because dot, 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 everything will fall into place after that. And you get so much uh, email that that is sort of dodging around that subject where it's like very rarely do you get someone who's like, hey, you know what? I've got a great job. I've got a great circle of friends. I've got great hobbies. I My life is really fulfilling. I just can't meet any women. Like, that's kind of the opposite problem. You usually get a guy who – doesn't Every have once in a while, on. I will get that. Yes, and then there's always something else there's, going yes, on. Yes, exactly. But like, very rarely do you see that. You see more along the lines of, there's this one girl, and I need to get this one girl, and this is the reason. And the reason is because 
it's a falsehood. It's like a cognitive bias. There's a term for it that's just right on the tip of my tongue that I'm missing here. But it's kind of this mistaken thinking. If I get this one person, if this one thing falls into place, then other things in my life will then fall into place. And you don't get the girl and then you become happy and then you get the good career and the good job and everything. You have to bring that person into the world where that already exists because a high quality person guy or a girl doesn't want to be a part of a world in which you have nothing going on aside from them. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to have put on you. So, yeah. and you also want things brought into your life as well. You don't want to be the right. only one bringing things to the party. Yeah. yeah. And guys have problems looking at this from a objective standpoint, because when you see females and you're, and you're like, well, I really want this attractive girl in my life. You don't necessarily think like, well, what what else can she bring to my life if you haven't dated somebody for a really long time? If right. you're a selective man, then you can look at the girl and go, well, you know, she's attractive, but I like somebody with a little bit more of this personality, da, da, da. And you hear that from guys that are like 50. You'd never hear that from guys that are like 25. Right. Because when you're 25, you're like, she's hot. And <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. that's all I'm looking that's for. all I need to know. Right. Yeah. You don't look at like – what we were talking about earlier, core values and things like that. And and you don't think about those kinds of things because they're far less important than your biological imperative, which is make pretty babies. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm all for that. They could make you money. Yes. That's what's important. Especially in L.A. Mm -hmm. Yeah, only really in L.A. Well, unless you sell them from China. Whenever I see really attractive, like, people or actors. I just want to see what their parents look like. How really? did this come together? Yeah. And sometimes they're really bad looking parents. Sometimes. And it works yeah. out. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's, it's, it's like, like weird that, features mixing together. Do you see that guy in China or, or Korea or yes. whatever who sued, sued his, his wife. wife because the babies were so ugly. And she had plastic because she had plastic surgery Tons. and tricked him into thinking she was beautiful. And so right. when their babies came out they That's were horrible not for so those kids. Gorgeous. They're yeah. not. They're Wait, how ugly old are these kids? Kids are babies. They're, they're, they deserved they're, it. They're like ten. It's like yeah. He's I'm, probably gonna sue them too. I at one hate point. to say it. Like they're like ten months old or a year old, and they are really unattractive babies. Mm-hmm. I, and I, it's hard to t- call a baby ugly, right? Like babies all look the same. Especially no, it's easy to call babies ugly. These babies in my were, fi- in these my babies were ugly. But no, sometimes people who are really hideous when they're babies, they end up being pretty good looking. These will not. No, they. And when you see the before pictures of the wife, she looks like a boy. Well, then they can just get surgery for the But he's, he won the case. He no, won. he didn't. Yeah, he won. Because she misled him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She didn't tell him? Oh, God. No. Obviously, the before pictures on Facebook were hidden yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, she she is real. I mean, it, it's not like, hey, I thought you your hair was the, really that color. Or like, oh, you right. had a nose job. I don't think it's, that's an issue with the Asians. It was like, no. <laughs> I that's think they know point. what color their hair is. They should <laughs> by now. But, I mean, it's a, it's night and day. So yeah. kudos to her plastic surgeon for being the best in the right, business. Right, exactly. He just probably got a big boost from yeah, his business, yeah, which really. is amazing. No kidding. He probably had to testify there, mm-hmm. handed out business cards so, the whole time. So what's the first thing – guys need to do to evaluate whether or not they have a lifestyle that women would be attracted to? You know, it, it's it's not a list of, of objective criteria. Go ahead, and Kristen. what do we mean by lifestyle? Yeah, yeah, that's Just a, I'm for the a really listeners. good question. I mean, yeah. It means a life, a, a, a life. Like people like who diet, wake up like in a, the morning and go to the gym and then yeah, work. Yeah, like a and style then... of life that you have. Is, <laughs> is it life, something? You just define lifestyle by style yeah, of life. Yeah, that's how my husband does things. <laughs> and we're all saying to him, what does this mean? He'll, he'll literally repeat yeah. it. He's like, it's this. Like, oh, what does it helpful. mean? <laughs> I hate it. So sorry for doing that. But it's 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 the way that you right. live your life. What, what does your life consist of? Like, is it you, as you were saying in another episode, is it you uh, sitting in your boxers watching? I forgot what show you said we were watching, but like sitting in a lazy lifestyle. Lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Like that your 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 lifestyle um 
it, it's your life. It's like what you have a part of your life. I don't know. It I comes down. To find it. I'll, I'll, it was kind I'll of a silly question. Do it. To be yeah. Well, with. it comes down to fulfillment, right? So if yeah. say uh, what here's where guys think of lifestyle, and here's where the mistakes happen. Guys are like, I need to have a Tesla, and I need to have a summer home in the Hamptons, and I need to have a six pack abs, well, they do. and right only in your for your lifestyle, yes. and I need to have all these material objects that signify like wealth and social status. But what most high quality women, and again, I'm generalizing, are going to be looking for like a much more general outline, which or outlook, which is fulfillment. So the same guy with the same set of physical characteristics could be somebody who like volunteers at a homeless shelter, has a career that they're satisfied with, regardless of kind of how much money it makes. It doesn't have to be something spectacular, but like maybe you're just a graphic designer who hustles, but also you travel a lot and photography is your hobby and you're doing a lot of things. You keep busy. You have an active social life and a social circle of friends and you're emotionally healthy. Great lifestyle to bring someone into. What looks like a great lifestyle on paper, to reuse the phrase that we just mentioned Mm -hmm. in another episode, is that You've got these great lifestyles on paper where the guy's like, I make $250,000 a year. I've got two homes. I've got a boat. I've got really fancy cars and I work out every day and I've got a chef. And it's like, wow, that's awesome. But he's making a lot of use out of that 250. That, that, he's really, that <laughs> saves nothing. He knows how to make a dollar not He's in Iowa. <laughs> does not invest. Yeah, he's in Boise, Idaho. Um, I, almost, I couldn't think of a single town I in yeah. Iowa. <laughs> I only know Iowa. <laughs> and. And uh, so that's not a great lifestyle for somebody else to join necessarily unless they're looking for, for that. purely material mm-hmm. comfort. And it's so much easier. The bar's lower because guys will spend so much time focusing on the material aspect of the lifestyle that they actually neglect the most important – the other important parts that make them emotionally healthy, which unfortunately is what most high-quality women are actually screening mm-hmm. for. So they're working to row north when really the current would normally take them south and all of the women that they would love to date are actually right. just and, it's, and it sounds more fun. It's much more fun going the opposite direction. It is. Because it's more fulfilling. Yes, exactly. So it comes down to – and how do you develop that, right? So it comes down to – you have to explore a ton of different things, and Kristen's just bored with this conversation already. I'm bored with any conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that's really. She's like, I don't well, need don't a let life. me stop you from <laughs> she talking about. She doesn't need a lifestyle. You want to talk She's got style. That's all that matters. Um, but people don't really focus on finding out what they're passionate about. Volunteering, for example, is this, like thing that I just love. I bring it up a ton because I just volunteered and spoke at that homeless shelter earlier, and it was awesome. And I'm like. I totally get why people love doing this and I never would have done that if I wasn't open to these other possibilities and somebody asked me to go speak there. So you have to look and take opportunities and do these things and you can't do that if you're busy trying to consistently earn money to like buy crap to show off your quote unquote lifestyle, which is really just totally vapid. Yeah. So building it is actually a lot easier than people think. And an exercise that I would give Art of Charm guys on the show or or at a boot camp would be make a list of maybe like 10 skills that you want to learn or things that you want to do. And it could be anything from like cooking to learning Italian to skydiving or getting into photography, anything like that. Just make a list and it doesn't have to be – you don't have to do it all in one sitting. Leave it on your refrigerator and every time you go get a beer or whatever, like write down something else that you're thinking about. Mull it over and then look online and reach out to your network of of existing friends and colleagues for people that know about those things. And then just start joining those activities, whether it's through like a meetup group or you take a class at a community college or wherever people take classes or joining friends who are doing that stuff. So in San Francisco, a lot of my friends are like, hey, do you want to learn how to kite surf? And I'm like, sounds terrifying. No, thanks. But I know a ton of people that ask about that. And I'm like, yeah, you've got to talk to my friend Tiki, of course. Of course, Tiki Tiki. kite surfs. 
in the bay and goes like under the Golden Gate Bridge and all these That's things cool. that other people think are red that sound completely terrifying. Yeah, I would never want to do that. For that is not on like my list on the fridge. No, <laughs> it's not on the list anywhere, right. let alone on the one in the fridge. So <laughs> if you continually build that and you're exploring new things, it just adds a dimension to you every time you do this. And regardless of whether or not you become a professional kiteboarder as a result of that, it doesn't matter. It broadens your horizons. It makes you more interesting. This is the lifestyle thing that people are referring to, not necessarily the material lifestyle of he drives the latest Tesla, right. he lives in the coolest part of town. But also while you're exploring these options, it gives you really interesting things to talk about because whether or not you like them, it's an experience that you can share about. Absolutely. And you probably will end up meeting and tons be of truth- people. Oh, be sure. truthful. I mean, for me, there's nothing more unattractive than someone who just thinks like what's cool is just doing things just to do them. I the think, trendy crap. Yeah, that really bothers me. So if there's passion behind it of like I did it and it was horrible and I hated it and I'd never do it again, that's but cooler to me than pretending that you're into all these things that you're really not yes. into. I feel like wine is one of those things. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I love this wine. No, you don't. You just want yeah. to get drunk and think that you should talk about wine right. that way. And I know some people that really love wine and I've, I've probed really hard to find out yeah, if they're Yeah, you can discern who really likes yeah. wine and who doesn't. And they're like old older guys that like travel a lot and wine is kind of the thing they anchor with each place fine you love wine the it's dude like who's kevin a, on shark tank like he's really guy, into wine and he's a huge geek about it is yeah. kevin the totally bald fine. one yeah. yeah yeah love him and yeah i want him on our show oh, he's, he's, oh, he's awesome. i would sleep with him just saying. yeah it, highlight that and he'll come on the show <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. quote from ask women 1721 <laughs> yes. um sounds like a bible verse <laughs> it sure does it sure does uh those guys, like, you can probe for that type of thing. But, yeah, like, the guy who's, like, a oh, – I'm going to get – you're going to get so much shit for this. I'll be fine. The guy's, like, a barista <laughs> or something and is, like, oh, yeah, this kind of coffee. Fuck you. You just think it's cool because other people think it's cool. Yeah, right. You don't even care about it. Right. Don't front. That kind of fake passion – it might work with some sort of like hipster subculture stuff, so maybe I should shut my face. But I think for normal people like you guys, you'd hear that and go, whatever, man. This is the next trendy thing. Right. You're trying to get a result from that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I don't want like guys going out looking for the feed the feedback or the praise from the woman for being like exactly. so cool and outgoing. Exactly. Like, oh, I love volunteer. It was, what was that movie? Something about Mary where he's yes. like, my yeah. real passion is working with retards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt Dillon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. And, he did, and then her brother is, the, is retarded. And, right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's like, oh, get yeah. away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. It's yeah. horrible with it. No, but that's it's really important. So like the thing that I heard from what you said um, was write down a whole bunch of things that may pique your interest. Even right. some things that you may be afraid to do or yes. maybe like ask some of your friends. Say like what are things you want to do? Throw yeah, those up I on the fridge things, too and see. I think things that you don't necessarily know you'll love but yeah. want to try yes. are good things to do with another – with a person, a girl. Exactly. <laughs> like – Learn how to drink from a bottle. <laughs> What's wrong with me? He's spilling water know. all over myself. I got really excited. But, yeah. And the <laughs> list is really easy because a lot of guys, they'll get stuck and go, well, you know, I don't really know. And you can you can literally throw things at the wall and see what yeah. sticks when it comes to making this list. Like yeah. people I know write down things like skydiving and they're like, oh, that's not imaginative. That's just like a cliche thing. Well, have you ever been skydiving? No, no. freaking do it. try it. You know, give it a shot. <laughs> Never. And people are like, well, I want to learn a language, but oh, that would just take way too much time. You don't have to actually become fluent and go, yeah, that wasn't really my thing. Take <laughs> like one semester of community college German. Yeah, one class. Intro and just see if it's something that piques your interest. You like the people who are in the class with you. 
was going to say, see if there's cute girls in the class. Yeah. If not, wait till next semester. Right. No well, here, here's the thing. that A lot of these things can become overwhelming for people because they see this big list. Like, how do I make all these things happen? Right. I don't so, which have is what time. We were, which is what right. we were talking about before. Oh. When, Marnie, when you were coming in, I was just saying I get paralyzed mm-hmm. because I think I have all this that I want to do. I have all this that I want to do. And I don't want to close off either of those options by just doing one of them. So yes. I don't do either of them. Exactly. And then I, I the same thing screw the myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. So then what do we do, Jordan? Well, yeah, you have to commit to something, right? Yeah. So yeah. the problem is looking at choosing one option is closing off all the other options right. is a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so easy for me it's to It's a go, recipe for a night on the so, couch. So that's stop doing is. that, right? It's called analysis or paralysis analysis or whatever. And the reason that people do that is because it's like a scarcity thing. It's a fear thing that stops you from taking action. The problem is it bleeds over in other areas of your life. Like I assume you probably do this in your career, mm-hmm. but you, you probably also do it when it comes to like hanging out with people. Mm-hmm. To, like, I do really it when small it comes decisions. to everything, everything, even like food. If right. I'm hungry, but I know that it takes like too much energy or too, I need too many ingredients mm-hmm. to cook this thing, but the traffic's really bad to go get that thing. I'll just sit there frozen and I won't get anything and then I'll starve. And you start distracting yourself with other stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, this movie's on. I love Dirty Dancing. Yeah, and I'm I'll just, just grab like this. a bag of chips. Yeah. And then I'm like un- unsatisfied. I'm irritated at myself for not right. being able to choose, you know. And, but I mean, it literally is in every single part of, part of my life. Yeah, and this is a fear-based thing that a lot of people do. So, like when Marnie was talking about it in the car, it was more like, "Well, I I might want to do this one thing, and I might want to do this other thing, and I just don't know." You eventually make a decision and you yeah. commit, but you actually don't make a decision no. and yeah. don't commit. Right and. I don't have the universal solution to this problem, but I will say that in the unlimited options, sort of to get like math geeky about it, right? When you have unlimited options, this is a great scenario to have because it should I do skydiving or learn French. You can actually do both. Maybe you can't do both at the same time, but there's no value. Remember this part. This is the key. There's no value to doing one before the other or vice versa. Right. There is absolutely no value that you could ascertain right. reasonably with any degree of certainty that would change the decision whether or not you should try French first or try mm-hmm. skydiving first. So I would say – I would say you'd want to try French first because you might die skydiving. Yeah. There you go. There and you go. Can, that's an easy but way that's to But that's the way my brain would work. But that's fine. You can make an arbitrary decision and it's just as valid as a well-thought-out decision when you're looking at like a hobby to try. But even if you – use that egg timer technique that we were talking about. It's like giving yourself 15 minutes to make that decision. So what I was going to say for people who have 10 things on their list and get overwhelmed by this huge list, you give yourself the assignment of on the first of every single month, Mm -hmm. you pick one thing. You give yourself a week to research how to do it, where to do it, how you're going to do it. And then the next three weeks are for you to actually put it into practice. And if you don't like it, you're like, oh, screw that. I'll go yeah. on. Next month on the first, I'll do another yeah, one. Right. Yeah. So something like for you, if you're like, I don't know what to cook, write down. Getting things out of your head and onto paper, and this is something I should practice more often because I I, I also get really overwhelmed overanalyzing in my head. I have the – what is it called? Jew thing? Uh, Junalysis. <laughs> Junalysis. The Jufro. Yeah. And so getting it out of your head and onto paper makes everything really tangible and real so that if you wrote down a spaghetti bolognese and two other things and then you gave yourself 10 minutes to make that decision and you picked one, then you would cook it and you wouldn't have to you know yeah. suffer with that bag of chips for yourself. Yeah, and there's, there's – no, this you're not adopting a Chinese baby. You're just choosing a hobby. Unless or in your that's case, what's dinner. on your list. Exactly. Right. Well, that could I'll, be on your list. I'll give more of a real world example for me because fucking fuck the cooking. I, yeah. I, I, I don't like, like starving. I need therapy yeah. right now. Yeah, no. Chips are fine. Well, well actually, it's really it's good like good in though. my career because, like, for example, I want to do more. Like, I want to, I want to act. I, I've focused on that a lot, but I haven't really taken the steps. But then I also want to write, and I feel like the writing thing 
is an easier in for me to get like moving more because I do it more actively. But at the same time, I'm afraid to focus on the writing because then I'll cut off the chance to take the acting thing seriously. And so I just oh, well, sit and I don't do solution. either. I but I don't do answer. either. I know the answer. What do I do? You start writing scripts that you can act in and then That's you what I'm trying happen. to do. But then okay. I, I've written scripts and then like how do you get them moving and then it's easier to maybe well, just act got, in someone else's you thing. you got to make it right. happen. Yeah. It's overwhelming. you got to make that happen. Yeah, it is overwhelming. It's overwhelming and then I just yeah. – We freeze. have Liz Rave on the second half of our show and yeah. she uh, – her company is called The Art of Flirting. But I, I also <laughs> – This won't be confusing at right, all. Right. I know. <laughs> but I know that she also um, is a talented NLP. P practitioner, and so I, I wonder if she has a few things to say about mm. what you're experiencing, and most likely what a lot of our listeners are experiencing with what is it called analysis paralysis? What is it? I don't paralysis know. by analysis. Yeah, analysis exactly. Like not moving forward and making decisions, and like you know, for just me, being it, bold and putting for it. For me, out it should there. be called like lazy or paralyzed. Like because <laughs> yeah. for me, I just look at it like, oh, I'm lazy. Uh-huh. I can't make the decision, so I'll just lay down. Yeah, but it's it's not really that. It's yeah. like you're exhausting yourself by. Going, I bet if we got really into your brain, you're making a million micro calculations that are like not relevant. Oh, God, help me. Help us all. Well, before we get to the break, I wanted to uh, give you guys a wing girl minute. Want to get better at sex, but currently don't have anyone to practice with. Here's what you can do. (laughs) Get a hooker. Yes, (laughs) Yes. done. Start reading, watching, and asking questions, and consider this your research phase so that you can become a master in the bedroom. Read and watch everything you can to find out how to pleasure a woman, learn where her erogenous zones are, and how to use your penis. Then go out and ask women questions. I just (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just go out and start asking him sex questions. (laughs) Don't listen to this one, guys. (laughs) It works. Then go out and ask women questions about what they like. You can ask your female friends. Bail money, not included. If you want to be really bold, you can ask them. Listen, I've had guys ask me those questions, and I'm like, oh, well, I like this. Okay. Then go out and ask women questions about what they like, what they don't like, and what turns them on in the bedroom. Knowledge grooms confidence, and one of the biggest turn-ons in the bedroom that ensure women enjoy themselves is confidence in the and a sex predator registry. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yes. And that is my wing exactly. girl minute and fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back after the break. back and we've got Liz Rave here with us. Is that your real name, Liz Rave? That is my real name. That is a badass name. Thank you. Actually, um, when I met my husband, I thought his name was fake. I thought it was a fake pickup artist's what, name. What was his name? His name is Nicholas Rave. Oh, and when okay. I first so Rave is your Rave name. is his okay. real name. And when I first met him, I thought, oh, what a bullshit pickup artist. It sounds like name. a pickup artist name. And Karma, now it's my last right. name. And everyone thinks it's fake. <laughs> what was your maiden name? Well, I used to go by Liz Leia, which was oh, a pen okay. name. I okay. don't want to say my That's pretty. Name. Who thought of that? That's really genius. That's interesting. You know, my friend Jordan Harbinger years ago. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Thought oh, yeah, of that's pretty. Yeah. Liz I like Leia. It. Well, the first thing is it didn't sound pickup artisty. It didn't sound totally real, but it sounded soft and feminine and inviting. And Star Wars. And Star Wars. And Star Wars. Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> and my dog's name is Han Solo, so. But everyone right. thought that was my real name. And now everyone's like, why did you pick a fake name? And I'm like, no, the opposite right, thing right, happened. Right, that's that's when, a, when my last name became Rave, I thought, I got to go with this. Yeah, 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 definitely. Kind of pick a privacy. So I'm not in the world of that stuff. Tell me what – because I know we're going to get to more stuff. But what is NLP? Is that what it is, NLP? Mm-hmm. NLP. 
So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, and it's um, it's a bit of a controversial thing. Some people think it's pickup technique. It's not. It's uh, it was developed in the '70s as communication skills, and it is it's just a nice set of tools, I think, to help you communicate better with others. But the way that I use it is actually for communication with the self. You know, so you've heard of the subconscious mind, the unconscious mind, same thing. How do you talk to yourself? Uh-huh. I talk to myself all the time. But how do you talk to yourself in a way that's effective? I talk to myself like an abusive husband. Shut yeah. up, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> no, most do people do. Most people do. Yeah. And that's actually one of the things that, you know, when I work with my clients, that's what we start to uncover. It's like yeah. the way you talk to yourself is you wouldn't put up with that from, so from somebody else. else. Exactly. So how does NLP help you talk to yourself? What, is it, what does it do for you? Well, in part, it just helps you become aware of some of the voices. Most people, these voices are very much in the background. They're not even aware of the right. abusive husband, as you yeah, said. Yeah. They, they just think that's how life is. They don't even He's realize. He's wearing camouflage in my brain. Of course, he's wearing right. camo. Yeah, that's a <laughs> he's great an way to put husband. It. <laughs> yeah, it's very under the surface. And a lot of times people just become aware of some of the weird thoughts that they're having, some of the, the things that they picked up when they were kids that maybe they heard from their parents or they heard from even just a family friend or a teacher that didn't like them mm-hmm. that has just been ingrained. Yeah. And here they are 10, 20, 30 years later acting like the kid that got in trouble in class. Right, right. And, you know, it's not so cute anymore when you're in your 30s, 40s, acting like the class clown or whatever. Okay, so thank you for explaining that to us. Can you, I know you were, you know, you were in here listening to the first half of the show. And overall, we're trying to talk about, you know, the importance of lifestyle. But I think with lifestyle includes mindset. You know, that's one of the things that Jordan yes. was talking about, about... Yeah. um how sat- – not satisfied. What was the word you used? Fulfilling. How, fu- how fulfilled you were. And then Kristen was talking about some of her difficulties that she has moving forward and making decisions, which I know for a lot of our listeners, they also suffer from paralysis by analysis. That's what it is. Yes. So how how can NLP be applied to Kristen and to the people who are listening to the show? Well, you know, first of all, I would say one thing you guys were saying earlier, and this is absolutely true, is you do have to be in that place where you can observe yourself to use this stuff. So if you're really stuck in something and you don't even have the ability to look in yourself and say, oh, wow, right now I'm in analysis paralysis, that's going to be difficult. Yes, you have to be able to step outside. So if you can step outside, then really it's just a matter of taking things one step at a time. Um, Sean Stevenson, Mm -hmm. you know, our friend who introduced us all, he recommended this great book to me when I first met him called One Small Step Will Change Your Life. And it's all about breaking things down into such small steps that there's no way you can fail. Yeah. So yeah. I try to make all my when programs you look at something like as a mountain yeah. versus as a tiny little step. It's a very different feeling because for me, it's like all of a sudden I look at things mm-hmm. and it's a mountain and I have to climb it right now, but I don't know where to start and there's no base and there's no path, you know, so it's like, ah. The, right. the key is that there's no path, right? Because you have no right. strategy to like work through it. That's right. why it's not laziness. If it was laziness, you'd go, oh, I have to do all these things but to figure this, this out. Right. Instead, you're going, I have no idea how to get out of this box, so right. I'm just going to read a book. Right, right. Yeah, and then and that sense of overwhelm, it still happens to me. It happens to everybody. That sense of overwhelm means that you've put yourself in a state where you are thinking of things as this huge mountain, and it's this big task. And oftentimes, it's something that you're thinking of that it's so big, you don't actually know where to start. So you mentioned writing. I used to be a screenwriter too. Oh, awesome. So it's like if you're thinking, I'm going to write a screenplay, that's such a huge task in comparison to I'm going to sit down and just free write for five minutes. 
So the more you can make it into these smaller, more manageable things, you know, it's, it's so is that what NLP is making things manageable? Because I'm, I'm still actually kind of confused at like if I if say I wanted to use NLP on a on a chick and I was gay or whatever, just or a man, whatever. <laughs> what what is it? It's basically talking to someone with certain words. I literally have no idea like what the execution of NLP is. That's the funny thing about NLP is it's it's a set of communication skills on how to define things. And it's like the one thing you can't define, <laughs> even right. people that have been trained in it for a long time. Right. Everyone has different definitions because it's describing experience. It's people who sat down and tried to categorize what is subjective experience. So that could be anything from mm-hmm. how do you communicate? How do you think? How do you feel? How do different people process the outside world? How do people process their inside world that's coming through? You know, what's not coming through. So that's one of those things that's so vague and overwhelming. It's right. hard to define. How yeah. would you use it to pick someone up? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, There's weirdos that do that. That yeah, are like really strange people that kind of don't. That's the part of it that I actually try to steer people away from. If somebody contacts me and says, how can I NLP a girl? I'm like, well, please don't. Yeah. Because that's not actually how. It but works. I'm literally just asking because I'm confused. Like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. So... <laughs> so you're asking me to define it again? Google it. Well, not define it, but oh, just basically give me an give active me an situation. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, let's say you're talking to somebody and they have some kind of reaction. Like if you if you were picking up a woman and you you told a joke and let's say she had some kind of reaction like, oh my God, that's so offensive. Mm-hmm. You could take that in as information. Instead of murdering her? Instead of, <laughs> instead of what? Get offended. Instead of murdering her? Instead of murdering her. Yeah, that'd be Because I hate people who get Yeah, offended. if you murder someone, that's typically not effective NLP, I would right. say. Well, you, it depends what your goal was. Yeah, you could listen to the tone of her voice. You could listen to what she's, you know, the actual words that mm-hmm. she said, her body language, and just say, okay, how can I use what she just said to keep this interaction going? Okay. So you could say something like, oh, what, what was so offensive about that? You know, as opposed to just freezing up and getting in your head, oh, my God, I just did something wrong. You know, she just gave you new information. Mm-hmm. New information is something that can always move an interaction forward. Okay. So then you use that and then say she was offended. Do you try to justify that it's okay that she's offended or do you try to make her not offended anymore? Well, what Liz is saying it's not about justifying. It's about finding interest and intrigue in her response, right? So it's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like, oh, what, right. what is – I want to know what what, what – what, what, what do you find that – what did you find offensive? I can't speak today. Yeah. So, yeah. so the NLP yeah, – tell me. So I guess the NLP approach is what do I need to do to get the outcome that I want? So if I'm trying to connect with this girl, if I eventually want to take her home and sleep with her – how can I keep things moving forward in that direction? Obviously, you don't have control over her choices, but if you're looking at each piece of information that she gives you as an opportunity to move things forward instead of just, oh, no, I did it wrong. I see. That would okay. be more of the so it's kind of NLP like approach, so being to speak. pushy. Well, that's why a lot of people who do use this – I'm not going to say in a negative way or manipulative way because I, I do think that it actually does help build connection for a lot of people if they use it wisely, correctly, and honestly. But I know that you know some pickup artists, for example, they'll, they'll try to have the women they're talking to talk about something they really like or that is a thrilling experience for them and then try to create an association between that feeling of being thrilled – 
with talking to them, like right. saying, like, you know, what's your right. roller coaster? So trying to create an or, anchor of emotion. Yeah, an anchor of emotion. Okay. So that it's like, okay, well, now, oh, you feel this excitement towards me, or you're remembering your childhood and your stuffed bear that you used to carry with you. <laughs> I'm so, cringing just listening to you. I know. Mike. I have a very love hate relationship with the yeah. field of NLP because right. it's been so personally beneficial for me, for the people that I've worked for, worked with. And I see how other people are using it because it does attract a lot of people who want to manipulate, who want to control. Well, that's the same At the thing end of the everything. day, that's not going to work anyway. It's just going to screw you up. Yeah, and screw other people up. So and it's, and it's going to bite up. you in the ass afterwards. It really does. Yeah, so it's not worth it. But that's what a lot of them do. It's funny because I remember when I first – started doing what I was doing. The first person that I happened to meet was Ross Jeffries. Oh, God. I had no idea who he was, but I had started the Wing Girl Method at a rabbi's house at a singles mixer, and I went back to that rabbi's house a couple of weeks later, and I was talking about, you know, I started this business and blah, 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 and Ross Jeffries was sitting there, and he slid his card across the table. He's like, we have to know each other. You should know who I am. And then he started talking to me about the pickup artist. It was very, very weird. But I remember I kind of became friends with him. He was actually really, really nice until he went crazy. Mm -hmm. And I invited him to this beach party that we had every weekend where we played volleyball, had drinks. And there was like girls there and I kind of liked him. So I invited him and he was using a lot of NLP because he's one of the first people to use that stuff on women in like a shady way. And my husband, my boyfriend at the time, came up to me and said, you have to tell this guy to leave. He's creeping out a lot of the girls. Like, it, But this one girl That would be a pickup fail. Totally, yeah. If no, but this one girl was stuck with him for three hours and she liked it. She was like fascinated by what he mm. was talking about. But the other girls got creeped out by it. So my, That's my, common. Yeah. My point being is that there's a lot of people that can use anything – negatively if they have ill intention. But there's a lot of positives in NLP, like the things that you were talking about before, about breaking things into smaller steps and talking to yourself in a, in a kinder way that can help you push things forward. But I want to talk to you about – I'm not sure if you use NLP at the art of flirting. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you do. But about the about flirting and actually being a good flirt because we, we try to talk about that on the show. And for a lot of people, it's really hard to explain how to actually be a good flirt. So I, I would love to hear from you. How to be a good flirt. Yeah. I think it starts with being relaxed. Yeah. I know that maybe sounds like a cliche, simple answer, but... Well, it does. It, it so is. So let's go into a better <laughs> it does. answer. Yeah. So the more that I've looked at it, the more that I've studied it, you know, it's like I it can come up with all these different formulas and ways to do things. It just seems to keep coming back to if you relax and you start sharing yourself with people from that place... Not just I'm relaxed, but I'm relaxed and I'm interested in you and I'm having a good time and I'm okay with who I am. You know, I think the okay with who I am is so important because I know for me, I'm really uncomfortable with certain things about myself. And so I find if I had the opportunity to flirt with someone that I shut it off because I'm uncomfortable with either something about myself personally that they might be looking at. Like I don't love my smile. I have too much gum. So I'll try not to smile. You know, things like that. So I think when you're not hard on yourself, flirting comes a lot easier. For sure. And that, that actually ties into the beginning half of the show where we were talking about lifestyle. Like once you can form a much more full and fulfilling lifestyle, I think little things like, you know, <laughs> your gum show become less important to you. Right, so that really right. does help yeah. in, in flirting. You know, one thing is I think people get this idea in their head of what flirting looks like. <laughs> right. And – and it's like, oh, I have to go in there and say this line or I have to go in there and just be like this ditzy girl. And they have this idea of something right. that's not themselves. And whenever I flirted, whenever I flirted well, whenever you know people I've flirted with have flirted well with me back, whenever I've talked with other people flirted well, it comes down to the fact that they're just enjoying the, their time with somebody. And 
the conversations that I've had when I've been flirting are not necessarily these super intelligent, super witty, you know, screenwriter rom-com dialogue. Right. It's literally like, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm Just drinking this. What are you drinking? Yeah, it's so chill. And that's actually what I end up teaching people is just relax because you have this idea in your head of what it is. And the more that you go out there and say like, oh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to flirt, like that's the more you're going to screw it up. Right. The more you relax in a, in, from a place of being okay with yourself, you know, yeah. probably no one's looking at your gums or anything else. I'm looking at them now. Ah, I'm going to see these, I mean, yeah. these honkers. <laughs> but that could also be part of it. <laughs> you know, you, you can make a joke about it. Yeah. yeah every, you know, that goes back to what I was saying earlier. Everything can move the conversation forward if you aren't being weird about yeah, it. Yeah, whenever I see anyone flirting, it looks fun and, and like easy and breezy and cover girl. You know, it just looks fun. And I've never been a flirter. And so it's like one of those things where... I've seen you flirt. No, you haven't. Yeah, I have. No, you saw me banter with what's-his-name. And it was because... I was busting his balls, but I was not flirting. But that's still flirting. But the thing is I'm better with busting balls because I don't put the same pressure on myself and it may come across as flirting because I can bust balls all day long. But that's flirting, you know. It, yeah. And that's the thing is I don't even look at it like that. So maybe people do think but, I, I But can interesting yeah. how when you reframe how you view something, which is exactly that's true. what this was talking about, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm, I'm great Yeah. At this. All of a sudden I have no gums and I feel pretty okay, so and how? Totally. So, so let's say yeah. so the first step is relaxing, right? Right. Second step is what? Second step is – Paying attention to the other person, again, sounds really cliche, but a lot of people when they're in their head, they're just thinking, you know, what's my next line or how's my move right, to so get, yeah, to get them into bed? And when you get in your head, you can't yeah. connect. You can't and then really all connect. of a sudden you realize they've been talking or they've been saying something and, and you don't even know what just happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And now they're looking at you and there's this awkward moment. Yeah. And then you go further in your head. Oh, my God, it's this awkward moment and I screwed it up. Yeah. Whereas if you had just been listening to what the other person had said, you would have known what to say. Right. And a lot of people say... A lot of people ask me, well, I don't know what to say. I'm like, well, of course you don't know what to say right now. You're sitting at home. Go talk right. to someone. Have a conversation. They're going to say something to you. And then you'll actually think of something to say in response to that because yeah. the, you know, their thoughts will put a thought in your head to say. When you have something pre-programmed too, you're going to miss – really good pieces of information that they're saying, like you said, you have to listen. So if, if you have it programmed that you're going to say, you know, uh, nice dress, do you always wear girly clothes? I don't know. That was a really bad example. But if you have that in your head, that that's what you're going to say. And then someone says, oh, I have 15 children, but you just <laughs> talked over the fact that they said that you're not going to even hear that some, they gave you some crazy information. You're yeah. going to continue on with like, oh, but that dress is you know, very girly or whatever. Right. So. And that would be a very awkward conversation. Yes. Yeah. Kind of like the one we're having now. Yeah. <laughs> so I am looking for About something. your gums. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but this is very helpful. Um, I wanted to get to uh, some overanalyze this questions. So here is the first question. Hi, Marnie and Kristen. Love the show. I've been listening to the podcast for a while now. The advice you women give is great. I wanted to know what's the difference between handsome, cute, and hot. I'm a... T- Actually, I'm not going to say how old. How old do you think this well, person you, I is? heard the 20-something. I know. I heard yeah, the 20 I think he's barely – I think he might even be younger and is lying about his age. 20, 21. 20. I'm 22-year-old. Yeah. I'm a 22-year-old male. I've been always called handsome or cute but never hot. Is handsome or cute just nice words for a woman to say or is it a flat-out – good compliment to get. Details, full explanation would be great. Yeah, Damn. stop worrying about it. You're not hot because you're 22. Yeah. You're young. You're a child. Yeah. Still. Yeah. And no, but not to other 20-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. yeah but not still, saying like his grandmother says, oh, man. you're so handsome and cute. That's. I feel like that's that's a, a, a word that's pretty like I think he's a nice guy. Charged. I think if you're, if you kind of come off as a badass, 
you're hot. Yeah. If you come off as a nice guy, but you're just as attractive as him, you're handsome or good looking or whatever the word is. If you're described as a handsome woman, you're Glenn Close. Yes, and yes. you have man hands. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's okay. the theme of this? Overanalyze it? Overanalyze yeah. it. Well, well yeah. it was analyze this, but then we realized we would take 20 minutes to answer a question. So Kristen renamed it. And also, Billy Crystal's not funny at all. That mo- the- oh, yeah, the well, movie like, overanalyze. Yeah, overanalyze. Yeah. Analyze yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, right. So we're disassociating. Okay. No. Copyright violation. I kind of. Oh, I used to right. like. I used to like Billy Crystal until the until the until uh, what? Oscars yeah. last year. He what? just bombed, or two years ago, or whenever he hosted the Oscars a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah. Oh, I like. <laughs> anyway, so, hi guys. I'm Ryan, all the way from South Africa. I'm not going to say how old he is and see if you can guess. Uh, single dad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, 21. Yeah. In America, 16. Yes. yes. I have had a lifelong problem with my confidence levels. I'm not very tall, though I am athletic. I'm a pretty average looking guy, but for uh, most part of my life, I've been socially awkward, which in itself hasn't had a positive impact on my life in general. I have listened to and read tons of info on dating, self-confidence, etc., but I've had no real success. I love listening to your podcast. The insight is amazing. I'm just trying to be a more social and with it kind of guy and I'm tired of being looked over. Case in point, I have always felt invisible. This is in no way me being deliberately self-deprecating. It's just the shorthand version of my story and any advice would be appreciated. Ryan, how old do you think he is? 41. 38. Okay. Oh, close. Okay. So I- Sounds like a people pleaser. That's what my gut says. Oh, interesting. Okay. But I'll what? let somebody else talk on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I would, I would second that and say it sounds like he has some ideas about who he's supposed to be in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to be this kind of guy. You guys were talking about that, you know, the guy who drives the Tesla and has a certain image. Yeah. And he sees that maybe in the media or I don't know where he sees it, but he sees But you that got it from this is in no way me de- being deliberately self-deprecating, right? I got that from the whole thing. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't got have it. picked out one line necessarily. Oh, that one line stuck up stuck You know, but just well. that I've been socially awkward my whole life and, and I've struggled with this my whole life. It's just, I think his whole life he's been trying to fit some kind of image instead of trying to figure out who he is and what he can contribute and develop right, telling himself. Him. Because the more you develop your actual self, that's, you know, lifestyle that you guys were talking about. For earlier. sure. So, uh, Ryan, go back and listen to this full episode one more time and do all of the things that we've said. At 38, you know, you're not dead yet. You, This is definitely the time to figure out your life. You are a single dad, so I know that it's difficult to balance children. But as a single dad, you also have half the time where you're potentially kid-free. So you have those days to go out and develop a lifestyle. Well, we don't really know that, right? Right, maybe. He, what if he's kid, never kid-free? Well, then you should find a He is in South Africa. There's a good chance of that. Yikes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, then don't listen to my advice on that one. If you you do have your kids half time or if you do need a babysitter or some sort of daycare system or something. Spend time getting comfortable with who you are. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And you can do that with kids around or not. Doesn't sound like you are. Okay, I think that's it yeah, for the we show. Go. We have to wrap up. There are hockey people who need to get in yes, this space. Yes, and they'll hit us with that's a right. puck if we don't get out. Exactly, because they do a hockey podcast, not because we're in a ice rink or anything like that. <laughs> um, but Liz Rave, thank you so much for being thank on the you show. Guys for you are me. from the Art of Flirting, and I'm guessing it's artofflirting.com. 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 And then Jordan, ha 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 ha. From the Art of Charm. No yes. affiliation with the art of flirting yes. at the art of charm. Except for right now, just the, yes, the this is the 
on the affiliation currently. Right. I wonder if fartofcharm.com is still available. I I don't know. You should get it. You should get it. And then, and (laughs) also make sure, make sure you get my cease and desist letter too. uh, (laughs) Exactly. It smells like farts. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to writing questions to overanalyze this, please send them to ask at askmanpodcast.com. New episodes of the Askman Podcast are available every Thursday afternoon. Uh, You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on SoundCloud. You can get it everywhere pretty much. Unlike before where we were not available on many platforms. But now, now we are, and you can listen to it on any device that you have. And if you can't, write into Ask at Askman Podcast, and we can tell you how to listen to it on your device. But thank you for listening to our show. You guys are awesome. Without you, we could not do this show or have this show. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.